Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. WrestleTalk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm El Fagador Laurie Blake and I'm joined by housemate Simon Longdon. Hello. Now, Simon, it is the Royal Rumble this weekend. Who have you got? Who are your picks? You weren't in our prediction. You were in our prediction show. You're in the backdrop of that. My forehead <laughs> was creeping into the shot every now and again. Yeah, and just every so often, just the eyes. I don't think the eyes ever got in. No, you weren't watching. No, no, I, ke- no I kept them. I kept rude. <laughs> How rude! I kept them under wraps. Mm. Um, eyelids, as they're known. Yes. Um, <laughs> who do I think is going to win? You know, what's a better question? Who do I think is going to win, and who do I want to win? Who, okay, yeah. So, well, let's do let's do who you think because this is a more this feels like more of a foregone conclusion because I'm like. Well, I think Roman Reigns is yeah, going to win. Yeah, I think Roman Reigns is going to win. And I think Shayna Baszler is going to win. Yes. Uh, if not her, Sasha Banks. Yeah. I feel like it's set up... Well, I don't know. I think it's... When you're in the NXT ecosystem, for mm. want of a better word... The buble. It's like a... Um, the Michael Bubble. What's the, what's the word I'm looking for? It's almost like a recency bias, mm-hmm. or whatever a better version of that word is. Um, so, because we're more used to seeing Shayna, do we put her on a, a higher pedestal? On a higher standing. Well, I'm going from the Survivor Series finale, but then yeah. WWE have sort of in since then even gone like, oh, NXT is not doing as well. I think we we'll look. I think we'll look back on Survivor Series as an anomaly. As an anomaly, because basically it was good. Triple H, <laughs> Triple H used NXT wrestlers to save Vince's ass because of the mm-hmm. Saudi stuff. To make it worth his while, they put over all the NXT lot. Yeah. In the I, hopes of a big TV bump yes. that didn't... Re- it sort of, ha- sort of happened for well, a week and then either trailed way. off towards the end of the year. I think Survivor Series was the end of that little quid pro quo. Mm-hmm. And we'll look back on that time and realise that that's all that happened. There was never really ever going to be a longer term plan. 
than that. They were never going to be so bowled over by NXT in Survivor Series that they were going to change anything drastically. Well, unless, you know, unless they suddenly started getting a million viewers and they were beating AEW yeah, consistently. Yeah, you know, and pigs can fly and whatever. You know, like, these things are all very controlled and predictable, I think. Yeah. And so that was never going to happen. Okay, but who have you got in the Rumble? I said Reigns. No, so who, okay, Reigns, who you've got in the women's then? Shayna. As, as your, like, foregone I conclusion. Think, so who oh, you, uh, the foregone conclusion. fun picks then? Fun picks would be um, Ronda and Kofi. They'd why? be my fun picks. Why? Okay, so Kofi, understandable. We could have Kofi Mania too. Well, it just Kofi makes Kofi Mania too. Well, it also it makes so much sense only because of what Brock Lesnar's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that, you know, if it, you know, even if he goes in second, and yeah. goes, you know, as long as he gets rid of Brock, I think as long yeah. as Kofi eliminates Brock, that feels like a. But if he does anything other than eliminate him, if he, okay. If he eliminates him yeah. and doesn't win, Brock Lesnar will still go and be in a marquee match co-headliner mm-hmm. on WrestleMania. Oh yeah, it doesn't matter. Kofi won't. So, so that, so that, I think if that's what happens, the blow-off of him beating Brock in the Royal Rumble will not be enough to, to sort of satiate my appetite for more Kofi doing things. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people will feel the same. And WWE does have a bit of a habit, since the Daniel Bryan thing, of sort of uh, claiming ownership over their accidental booking. No. And I think they're going to... Tr- I I God, these women are popular, aren't they? And it's I, our evolution, revolution slash thing. Yeah. And, you know, the thing that, let's not forget, though, that the reason Kofi dropped the belt is because Fox told them to, essentially. Yeah. And... Dropped it in horrendous fashion. Oh, yeah. Um, for a Cain Velasquez debut. For the crime of not being famous 15 years ago when there was less internet and more popular wrestling. Yeah. You know, that's, this, this is the situation we're in. I'm surprised he didn't drop it to Steve Austin. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, if Steve <laughs> you know Austin, I mean? yeah, Steve Austin could walk, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, well, yeah. you know, Kofi just has to slip on a beer and yeah. fall down. So I think, uh, I think they'll do... If they do the if they do the Lesnar spot mm-hmm. early and it's Kofi, if Kofi's go, if, if Lesnar's going out, it'll be because of Kofi. It has to be. You think? Or Cain Velasquez. Riddle. No, no. I don't really get the Riddle Brock thing. I don't think that's as much of a thing as. I think it's just it's mostly it's a it's, it's a, a Riddle Goldberg. It's a thing. mythology entirely created by Matt Riddle that he was doing it with Brock, and then I think he sort of moved on to Goldberg. Yeah. Because Goldberg looks a bit like Brock. Yeah, I'm not really buying. That there's anything of any significance he's, between. He's high. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's high. That's all I can really say. Okay, so explain Ronda. Because um, once you've done one, one, after the first women's Royal, like one of the main things you like about Royal Rumbles mm-hmm. is they're just silly. It's a pop compilation. It's a YouTube yeah. pop compilation. Now that's what I call wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. And. Because WWE fought so hard against the prospect of women's wrestling for so long, mm. we need to sort of get. We need obviously we're in, we're in the process now of building the legacy of the people who will get the pops in about five to ten years time. Yeah. So for now, you need to put Ronda in because because uh, you're going to trot Trish and Lita out again. Yeah, We've sort of yeah. done it. Well, the problem is they've absolutely 
given up on the women's division since Ronda because they were like, well, no, Ronda leaves. Becky gets Becky gets this huge swell of support. They bring Becky in. Becky finally topples Ronda Rousey. That puts a cap on the division. They then decided to have her drop one of the belts immediately, so the Becky two belts thing went away. But now she's just had, you know, full control of Raw for a over, like you know coming up to a year now. Um, and every single person who thought would be a challenger for her, she's just beaten. So like they didn't they rushed it with like putting Sasha Banks in the mix with Becky, who was probably the only person over even a smidge of the degree that she is. Like Asuka, I think, coming back having the sort of <coughs> resurgence of popularity now with the Kabuki Warriors thing and uh, the heel turn and all that stuff. She's probably the only other person is I think Asuka and Banks are the only two challengers Becky Lynch has had this entire year who've even had a sniff of the popularity that Becky has. Yeah. They failed completely to make anyone seem like a worthy challenger to their champion. They've also so Ronda probably is. Ronda and Baszler are the only options because they're the only two people who, you know, Ronda Rousey walks back in. She's still Ronda Rousey, even if she lost at WrestleMania in, in a bit of a flubbed match. So she's still Ronda it. Rousey. Baszler has a legitimate victory over Becky. Obviously, it was that weird sort of Steve Austin victory where even though they lose the match, they beat someone up at the end and they get to stand tall to end the show. But it's like, Baszler did win the match but with Bailey and mm. Becky. So, like. Well, the difficult thing is, is ultimately, with Becky, are we at a point where uh, she's still over as hell, which is great. Yeah. I kind of feel like she's been doing the same promo now every week. Mm hmm. For that entire year. She needs character advancement. She needs a storyline. But character advancement for a face like that requires some sort of long-lasting, interesting rivalry with someone. Yeah, that and goes that, deeper and deeper. And to levels, what you were saying, yeah. that is what she hasn't had. And I think a big reason for that, well, the big reasons for that are two. One is they totally, the two sort of highest pinnacles of... I guess that the, they gave the women's division to, they sort of messed up. Mm -hmm. You know, most notably the WrestleMania finish. Whoever's fault that was, don't care. But then Ronda left anyway. Yeah. So it was kind of set up to be, you know, these two kind of going at it for a long time, mm -hmm. maybe even leading to the next WrestleMania. It was sort of pegged in. Yeah. This will be the match. And if they, and you know, and if that had, if they'd been able to build that match for this year I think we'd be I think we would be having a vastly different conversation about Becky's reign because she is really single-handedly holding up this whole the whole mm. women's division not just even not not just on Raw but on, across both brands really she is the pinnacle of the women's wrestling in yeah. WWE at the minute because they've failed to make any new advancement with with anyone else you know, and and could they have done you know could we be saying that that big rivalry could have come out of Sasha and Charlotte yes mm. other than the fact that they did that to death so quickly and so intensely that we lost our yeah. luster for it so even though they actually already had that thing I'm asking for in their hands they've sort of already yeah done that like Banks has to I think you have to so like people have to look close to winning like at some point to continue a rivalry and, and they just have Becky win so handily mm. most of the time and doing big spots and being so dominant that it, it you just have devalued the entire 
you've devalued the entire roster. Whereas I think like, you look at NXT, Shayna Baszler when she was champion, how many women got the rub of being in the same spotlight as her just by the nature of like, well at TakeOver, Bianca Belair's gonna have a go, Mia Yim's gonna have a go, Rhea Ripley's gonna have a go, Io Shirai is going to have a go. Every, like everyone had a little bit of time to shine against Baszler, mm. and I think it helps obviously that she's a heel, and you bring these faces in, and they grow in popularity because people want to see Baszler lose. But that's why Baszler, so, she's such a good champion. Look at Shotzi Blackheart. Shotzi yeah. Blackheart has turned up from Impact, not the, not not even close to the biggest name in the women's division, the, the knockouts in Impact, but turns up in NXT, has had that one eliminates. Shayna from the mm. thing last week gets a match this week. She now suddenly feels like a big deal. Yeah. All she did was kick Shayna in the back. She's been hot shot seed. And, and yeah, but like not hot shot, not necessarily hot shotted by booking, but like like you said, Shayna is is still so efficient at giving people the rub. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's she's really quite a remarkable good talker, performer. good performer. Like looks dominant, but always does those spots where it's like, oh, you've really surprised me. Mm. Anyway, there'll be more on Shayna Baszler and Shotzi Blackheart in the NXT review, which is coming up right about now. title change as the main bit of the show. We're also going to be doing something slightly different and then kind of splitting the rest of the show into two big topics. One sort of around Worlds Collide and how I think that's had quite a negative effect on NXT's mm -hmm. programming for the last couple of weeks. And that's going to take in all the Dusty Classic stuff that happened on this show, plus the Finn Balor bits and uh, the women's match as well with Tony Storm and Io Shirai. And then we're going to go through whether or not we think Shayna Baszler is going to be in the Rumble based on what happened with Shayna Baszler in the show this week. If there is anything else you would like us to cover from the show, we will talk about it, but you're going to have to super chat in. And thank you to DJ Jezness for being the moderator on oh, this yes, uh, Talk live stream. So that'd be great. Um, so let us know. We'll be going through super chats after we finish talking about the Keith Lee open, like the mm -hmm. main event segment and then at the end of the show as well. We should have really talked about this combo. What, this like, rever <laughs> the reverse? <laughs> like, we should do the Spider-Man thing, but like, yeah. I don't know how to, yeah. Well then, you've it was an error, wasn't it? No, yeah. <laughs> this, this was an error, yeah. Anyway, so the main event of this episode of NXT was Keith Lee versus Roderick Strong for the North American title. Mm -hmm. um, this is a match that's been brewing for a while. This is the sort of, this feels like the lesser culmination, I guess, of what Keith Lee has been building towards. I felt like Keith Lee was in line for a championship push, like NXT, like proper NXT champion, and he's been floating around that area for a while. And then Tommaso Ciampa's come back, not really done any matches, not really been involved in very much, and he seems very much in line for the NXT championship. Well, this is why, well, we remember when post-Savaris season and everything, you mm -hmm. had, you know, that alliance of baby faces. Riddle, Lee, Dijakovic, Champa, all stood in the ring, all vying for, you know, no, I should get the title. And mm -hmm. it was very much, felt like they were leaning towards mm -hmm. And Finn Lee. was in the mix there Finn as well. Finn was sort of in the mix, right, yeah. Um, and then... He had his chance. And, yeah, and then everyone except, then everyone just kind of went, Oh no, champ, Mr. Champer, after you. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Daddy. Just, yeah, just very <laughs> Please don't boot me. Everyone just very quietly went, 
went away. Yeah. And Keith Lee just went, that's right, I'll just, take, I'll just go for North America. I'll Which I think is a bit of a shame. It's yeah. kind of, because even with the match, again, very entertaining match. Mm -hmm. Very, very entertaining match. It was great. Really good match. It was really good. Um, but, and I feel like we're saying this every week now, should have been on a bigger stage. Mm. <laughs> and uh, I just really, this doesn't, this isn't the payoff I wanted for Keith. No. This is this feels like a sort now, of now if he wins the Royal Rumble yeah yeah I'll well, change my tune. Okay, well, so let's let's <laughs> let's go through the sort of it should have been on a bigger stage thing because I think one of the interesting factors I found about this match was it's all built around the ankle right from last week we had that big ankle spot uh, where Keith Lee comes out to do his I'm the number one contender Roddy I'm coming for you undisputed era invade the ring stick the ankle between a chair and mm -hmm. stomp on it and then later in that show as we were saying last week it was kind of like Keith wasn't really playing up the ankle too much mm -hmm. NXT said uh, on commentary and things like that he'd refused medical attention he said it was going to be fine this week we get a little recap in the opening of the show, and we see the the ankle break spot, basically. But that's all. There's no mention of it on commentary until the match begins, and they, Mara says, obviously, you need to remember this thing. And the reason I feel like this would have been better on a bigger stage is because on a bigger stage, we would have had a promo package. We would have had a promo package mm. going into the match that said, Keith is injured. Remember, Keith is injured. This is going to be important. You need to know that Keith is a machine and he's going to fight through it. Yeah. But it makes the whole uh, the whole bit where Roddy spends most of this match working over the ankle in beautiful style like after he basically mm. he slams it into the the ring steps at one point yeah. and then puts it between them and slams it shut on it and then it's all ankle locks and uh, yeah. slowly wearing the big man down. There's a great spot where Bobby Fish kicks the leg out from under Keith Lee as well when mm. uh, Cole's distracting him. So he is fighting against the whole Undisputed Era in this match as well. I just kind of wish we had a bit more of a sort of, there was a bit more ceremony and pomp to this match well, to be like, this is going to be a big deal. Well, it had all the it had all the elements of even some previous takeover mm -hmm. matches. Uh, like I said, the injury last week, by the time he's in the car park launching <laughs> security people through yeah. bushes, um, uh, he's already not limping. Mm-hmm. And he kind of stood up pretty quick when he walked out under his own steam in the first place. So t the weird thing about this is, is he's never really sold the ankle. No. And then it comes out, and yes, it's taped up, but, uh, and I don't know if we have a, a nitpicking alarm, but yeah, this is it. This is whatever, whatever noise that makes. <laughs> there you go, whatever that is. Um, the, tape, Sorry, the, the tape was black. Yeah. You kind of want to do the classic white tape, make really, really make obvious, it obvious, yeah. really limp to the ring. So like, it was the one of those weird things where like, yes, it was in the mix of the match, mm -hmm. but it certainly didn't seem like it was going to be central to the story. No. And then it was central to the story, but yeah, I don't know. It was it, undersold it was, as the gimmick. Yeah, really, it was, and it? I just feel like if it was, if they, whereas if, Rollins would come out like Rollins like, would come out like a mummy. Yeah, like, he'd, yeah, he's he'd, so he'd, injured. Yeah, he'd got his, he got his ankle hurt and come out with a full body cast, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> wheeled out. Um, but I think if this was on the takeover, that would have all been made a much bigger deal, yeah. and it would have made much more, like you said, sort of pomp and circumstance around him having to defeat. This group of guys, and not just Roddy and the, yeah, the rest yeah. of the yeah. And so I do think that kind of has like now this is the big proviso. If if this is the payoff of whatever this Keith Lee thing has been, mm -hmm. then it's a little bit of a disappointment. Yeah, because 
he could have been an, an anything. Yeah. This is one of the options, and it's pretty. It's quite low down. He's limitless, and this is actually quite this quite is, limited. This is quite <laughs> mid card. Uh, <laughs> but I, I still but love the result. Yeah. I'm really oh happy. yeah, yeah. No. Again, none of this is bad. Yeah. But you are left feeling, and this has been my feeling around NXT now for basically since that since that Survivor Series mm-hmm. has been. This is all really good, but every time they all these angles, I just feel like they could be better. Yeah. And that is not. a it's not a problem. No. But it's a thing worth noting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, so I, I guess the, like, the, good, the really good points of this match is one, it's, it's a really fun watch. Two, Keith Lee winning a title in NXT is so long overdue. Very and long like, overdue. And, and, you know, like, he was there for almost a year or something like that without really doing much. That almost became a character trait, and then the USA deal started. And it was only when they went on TV and they were like, oh, you and Dijak have this really good match. Can you do that? Yeah. Essentially three weeks in a row yeah. for the opening of that show. So they did. And then the Survivor Series stuff happens. Keith Lee starts getting this massive push. He was already organically over as a babyface, I think, before that. This just feels like NXT's finally caught up with how everyone was feeling a long time ago. Um, and it's, it is a bit of a shame that it's not the top title. But like, I'm, I'm very pleased, and I think this is a good base to build from. But I really do see Keith Lee as an, a soon-to-be NXT champion. Like, I, I, see, I, see, I see Keith Lee, you know, we talk about you know, limitless, but like, he really could be the most over guy in wrestling. Yeah. Really, that isn't mm-hmm. out of reach <laughs> by no. any stretch of the imagination. You know, he could be so big yeah. and so exciting. And NXT's booking and NXT's booking does make him feel like a really big yeah. Here he beats he, he I was gonna say he beats off, but <laughs> he he defeats all of the Undisputed Era. And the, the looming threat in this episode of NXT is the idea that Imperium are there. And it felt like... Yeah, but that's not a threat to Keith Lee. No, 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 no. no. But which is a problem. But what, I mean, but what I mean is this match felt like it was tailor-made for Imperium to interfere, distract Undisputed Era, and give Keith Lee the win. Keith Lee does it here under his, com- his own steam completely. Yes. It, it, he, there is no interference from Imperium during the match. Keith Lee wins clean and also takes out all the other members of Undisputed Era, even when Roddy goes as far as getting them involved and cheating, basically, to win. What I think is interesting, then, is, like, does this win rule out Keith Lee in the Royal Rumble? Do you know? Th- it certainly... I think it certainly rules him out winning it. Which I think was on a lot of people's kind of wish list of things that yeah. were going to happen. Because also, if, especially if... You know, the, the, I guess the, the odds are on for Roman Reigns to win. Who mm. has had the most famous face-off with Roman Reigns in the last six months? Exactly. One Keith Lee. So, you know, if you were going to if you were going to do a big swerve from what people were expecting, I'd do Keith mm. Lee eliminates Roman Reigns. Yeah, uh, if they're going to do, yeah, I think Keith Keith Lee's job in the Rumble. I think he'll be in it. Yeah. There's going to be some NXT people in the Rumble, but they haven't been confirmed yet, have they? There, there are going to be NXT people, but it's not going to be... Originally, the idea... It was going to be all even. It was going to be 10, 10, 10. But now it's... Well, there's 14 people from Raw, so that's yeah. <laughs> not happening. You know, we've got to add, well, add heavy machinery yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> from yeah. SmackDown, let's not forget. Uh, so there's going to be three or four NXT people in. Yeah. One of them is going to be Keith Lee. You think? I think I think so. Keith Lee and Cole. Yeah. Cole's already been in it. 
Mm -hmm. He's established. I think it will be absolutely if they're going to put three or four in, two of them are going to be Adam and Cole Keith, and Keith Lee. Adam Cole, Keith Lee, Pete Dunne. Adam Cole and Pete. And probably Dunne. maybe Matt Riddle as well. Adam Cole and Pete Dunne have had the best match on Survivor Series, like one of the best matches in WWE in the last six months. Keith Lee had the biggest moment in WWE in the last six months, I think. And then maybe you do Matt Riddle for yeah. uh, internet bans. But just get back to, so to Keith Lee specifically. In that case, mm -hmm. his job will yeah. be to come in at don't care what number, have a face-off with Roman Reigns, yeah. do some big moves, um, ideally pounce someone out of the ring, probably not Roman Reigns. I think Roman, because um, Roddy took one here. Yeah, he out of the ring and nearly oh, died. Well, so <laughs> I, and I think this was a test. Yeah. <laughs> but this was a does this physically work? Yeah, mm, maybe not. Yeah. So, but his job will be to have that big face of have that moment, yeah. and that moment is his job. His job is not. His yeah. job will not be to advance the broader narrative of the Rumble in any way. I don't think. No. Uh, I. It, he will certainly be part of the narrative of Roman's inevitable win. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he may even eliminate him. If it's not Roman, maybe that's what they do, and they start. That's the start of his build towards uh, a program with Roman and him coming up later in the year. Whatever. But I, I don't. But I don't think he's going to have any particular big role in the Rumble. Mm -hmm. So it certainly, I think this certainly rules him out doing anything significant. But I do think he's going to be in it. Yeah. I don't know who else. Like really, it's not. Not gonna. You know. I think he. I think Keith Lee's got main roster star power, and putting him in the Rumble is. Only smart, especially if you, especially if you're still trying to use some of this Rumble entrances for NXT as an advertorial for NXT. You want people to go, oh, that guy's from NXT. There's I should go watch NXT. There's going to be a lot of. Um, I think when they come in, I don't think they're going to say the phrase NXT without it including the words on USA. On th yeah, on it'll be night, it'll yeah. be every time they say it, they'll have to say yeah. the complete. And don't watch that other one. Yeah. <laughs> What's that one? <laughs> we can't say it. Don't watch the other one. There's going to be a lot of that. You know. So flip side to Keith Lee's amazing win. And uh, actually, sorry, who would you like to see Keith Lee go against next then? Who, who do you think is next on the program for Keith? Who's, who's the North be, American? Who's going to be his challenger? Yeah. Well, so if we think of that gaggle of people, so it was, you know, all intersecting a few weeks ago, you had basically Balor, Gargano, Riddle, Dunn, Champa, Lee, Dijakovic. Yeah. Right. So the bro, well, the, the bros awaits. Yeah. So they're out. They're going to be in tag team division. So they're so they're so they're done. They're, they're sort. So they're out the picture. Johnny and Finn, mm -hmm. maybe that. But I feel like that's much more centered around. That feels like a number one contenders match for the main title. That's downplaying Finn, I think. I don't, I don't think they want to do that. Oh, Finn's also someone who's been in the Rumble, surely. Oh, probably. Yeah. But yeah, so I feel like the Finn Gargano stuff is basically like a number one contenders for the for the big belt. Mm -hmm. So maybe maybe they're just going to bring Dijak back into it. Yeah. I think Dream returns. How long is Dream? Oh, uh, oh, I think he's going to be out. I think he's still out for a little while. I feel like they'll, they'll keep it then until Dream returns and do a big. But so, some, but some, but someone like Dijak is like a perfect holding feud. Yeah. Until that Austin Theory, if you wanted to push him really hard. I think they've got people who are on that level already. Already, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think so. And I think 
whilst everyone else, the only the only one who isn't busy right now is Dijak. Mm. So it, to me, that makes oh, the most Damien sense. Priest. Killian Dane. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I think they're going to carry on doing some stuff. I don't think they're. I would certainly. Well, I mean, Killian Dane doesn't really have. He's he's a bit directionless because he's just like I'm just fighting people yeah. backstage. I, I would I would I would firmly put them below Dijak in that pecking order. Sure. Um, so I, I think the most logical is Dijak. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether that's necessarily what they're going to do. Um, does that mean that whoever loses out of Johnny and Finn actually goes down and has a go at the North American? God, demotion match. You've been bumped down to the mid card. I don't know. You know there's, Sorry, Finn. There's only so many golds to go around. True. Uh, so, yeah, flip side, talking of the so many golds, Keith Lee winning is the end of the Undisputed Era's prophecy. Yes. This is the first brick out of the wall, essentially, that's been built up around NXT mm. titles for so long. Like, this is, this is, I guess maybe this plays into the storyline that they were trying to tell originally, which was the sort of, the, the Roderick Strong being the weak link. They, this, was, this was something they were building up before they went live on USA, yeah. and they just- They dropped that. They pulled the trigger quite quickly on having, them all, having the prophecy be fulfilled. I really thought that the first sort of Loss was actually going to be Cole. Yeah, I I, I always thought that that was if they were going to do anything, mm -hmm. if they were going to if they were going to do anything drastic with them, yeah, it would be a Bullet Club style kicking out of Adam Cole and that's singly Adam, Adam Cole's departure. Because mm -hmm. I don't even though I'd I even though I really think that they should stay they together. should stay together. So I'm really surprised that they, I actually am really surprised they've done this. Well, I think so. I think it's going to be Cole starts to the, the relationship becomes strained with Roddy. But then, so do, you think, these, so do you think? Sorry, just so do you think they're just going to just pick up that story yeah. from basically the week before they went on yeah. the USA Network? So I, no, I don't, I don't <laughs> think they, I think they're gonna. They'll probably bring some of that into it, but I don't think I don't think they're gonna spit on the undisputed era. I think what they're gonna do is do a sort of like madness turn. Maybe it's not even like a heel turn. It's like they're just like gonna, a Joker stick. They're gonna get sort of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, start painting his yeah, face. Exactly. And yeah, exactly. Get a load of barking dogs on chains out <laughs> there. Have going, a go at Hulk Hogan. They're going to take Cole and like a sort of. He's going to have to watch his like empire crumble now because he's. They've yeah. already lost one belt. I think the Broserweights are going to win the tag titles off of uh, Fish and O'Reilly. Although, what's the mechanic for that? I think they are. <laughs> They take because it it's, it's not winning the it's, Dusty Classic. No, but maybe if you give it to maybe you can give it to Regal. I don't know. Hand jobs for Regal. Whatever it is. However they get this title shot, they're going to be taking the belts. That's what Matt Crow's next is for. Regal's just there like this. They're just going to jab of the heart. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be taking the belt off for them, and then Cole is going to be uh, on the back foot. Maybe in time for Portland. You never know. Yeah. Like, so then Champa versus Cole really feels like it is all on the line for Adam Cole in the Undisputed Era. And then if Champa wins, it feels like this kind of bigger, we've finally wrested the whole of NXT back from these guys who've been holding it hostage for basically, what, six months now? Mm. Something like that. Uh, not six months, like four months, five months. Four months. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the only other thing I would like to talk about with Keith Lee's moment was the fact that it wasn't particularly his moment. No. Because he got to celebrate and they, they gave him the good grace to let him walk up the ramp and... Nearly. He was definitely still there. He got there. to where the Dusty Cup was. <laughs> yeah. You know, like he, he, he took the position of a trophy and then Imperium rushed the ring and start to attack 
undisputed era to close the show with this big pull apart brawl that's meant to make you very hyped and very excited for Worlds Collide. I mean, I was very excited when Walter basically chopped the tits off Adam <laughs> Cole, <laughs> turning him inside out with Cages the sheer chest force yeah. of it. But um, like this, this, this feels like a sort of. I don't really know what this feud is about. I don't really know why the Undisputed Era showed up at NXT UK to make to to launch this attack against Imperium. That feels like inviting. Well, there's four of them. Well, I know, but it feels <laughs> like it feels very silly. It's like yeah. you've you've invited the big bad fascist faction from NXT yeah. UK now just to come and have a fight with you for for no reason. For no reason. Well, because it doesn't even serve Undisputed Era's normal purpose of attacking people before Undisputed Era normally attack people beforehand to injure them or to give themselves the advantage in the match. Yeah. But they attacked Imperium two weeks out from the show just at this random thing. It wasn't particularly vicious beatdown. It was mostly just sort of a showboating one. It was more about pride than anything else. And it's like, I don't get the, the storyline reason for inviting Imperium no. in. Well, is this, look what it's cost you already. Is this, uh, is that more of a comment on uh, the slightly strange position that Worlds Collide finds itself in. Yeah, so well, that's, I think that's, we'll go through a bit more of sort of what we think about Worlds Collide in a moment, because I think we'll go through uh, some of the super chats now. But I think the Worlds Collide conundrum has mm. been hanging over NXT yes. for a couple of weeks and was very prevalent in this show. To my mind, slightly taking the shine off some of the in-ring action, which was overall. Yeah. Fantastic. Ultimately, the leaving moment of this episode of the big moment of this episode was the Imperium attack and not Keith Lee. And I think that's an error. Mm -hmm. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. So, Petty Kruger says, can we take a minute to just bask in Keith Lee's glory with the boys? Keith Lee is North American champ, is good S-word and good for business. I'll bask in, so we'll have a yeah. moment of basking. I feel like William can Reed. Can I feel like William Reed. People can just bask off our orange bits. Mm, that's it. Uh, Francesca Hall says, will, Roddy lose, will Roddy's lost start dropped UE storyline again? That was something we were just talking about, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think it's, it's a good shout. I mean, this, mm. it's sort of, I mean, the, <laughs> they'd already written it. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, oh, that's <laughs> script. <laughs> Chucking things yeah, out of yeah. the drawers. Oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah. We'll just do that. What are we going to do with Conan yeah. Reeves anyway before yeah. we got yeah. rid of him? Uh, J.R. Briggs on general sort of WWE NXT related chat says, subscriber for three years, first time pledger. Who would be surprise entrance, if any, both men and women's? That's the rumble. Thank you very much for uh, pledging. And happy three year anniversary, if that is in the ballpark of the three years you're talking about. It's a big one. Overall three years. It is a big big one. Oh, look at that. It's a big one. It's like oh, like the Run DMC t-shirt. Yeah. It's one that the man. These are t-shirts. You can just, you can just casually yeah. buy those on the internet now. Um, so surprise entrance, if any, for both men's and the women's rumble. Um, I was thinking... The Rock and Roll Express. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like those tumblers, like that's one entrant. But you know those Russian like tumbling acts. Yeah. It's like that, but they're just Canadian destroying all the way down. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that I think for the women's one, they're gonna they're gonna name jump. a woman. Well, no, but I think what they might do, which might be quite interesting, yeah, is they might would they stick Beth on commentary for that Beth Phoenix, mm-hmm. and then have her do like the sort of Booker T style stand up from commentary and join in the match mm-hmm. thing. That'd be quite cool. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah, uh, Jr. The best Briggs says uh, surprise. He, he super chatted again to clarify, saying it's uh, legends, i.e. people like Boogeyman or the Hurricane. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I think Beth Phoenix standing up from commentary would be quite a cool spot. I think some, something like that would be great. Yeah. Uh, for the men's... Aiden English, he's on commentary, <laughs> he stands up. Uh, for the men's, um, I think Paul Burchill is full pirate. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun. I feel like... Or, like, what about, like, a... I, I, don't know if he, I don't know if he's allowed to do any moves anymore, mm. but, like... Throw Joe Mercury in there with John Morrison. Have a little, oh, yeah. have a little moment there. Um, Where's yeah. Evan Bourne now? Uh, I think he's not a legend. I think he says something very libelous. Let's move on. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good. Uh, um, Chris Merriman says, "I'm going to the Royal Rumble on Sunday. Is it worth it to go to Worlds Collide?" Also. Yeah. I think it'll be really good. So I think Worlds Collide is going to be it just amazing. won't make any sense. It's just not going to make Yeah, exactly. They've, they've basically just gone like, it's not really canon, but we're going to pretend it's happening. It's like, it's like, uh, this might be too much of an English reference. It's like those all day breakfasts in a can. Mm. Well, With, where it's not food, but you eat it. Yeah, but they like, like they've got a Scott Jegg in them, which yeah. doesn't make any sense, but it is really good. That's what that's like. That is. Do you know that's not? You said that's like that's going to be an English reference. It's like I've never had 
that. But you know what it is. It's like a can of English breakfast. Mm. It's like a can of baked beans, and it's got a little sausage in it. Anyway, last it's one. Got, it's got some. It's know. got like a little rasher of bacon in it, and it's got a. It's got a little like snack egg, like a Scotch egg. In a can. Wouldn't understand, mate. I'm Delicious. Vegan. Anyway, uh, Wrestle Talk related general. This is the last one for now before we go into the rest of the topics. Orange just says, "I like your hat." Oh, who? Which one? Well, the name is Orange, so yes. Oh. He likes your hat. Well, mine's orange. Or does he like my hat? I'm in orange. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we need we need to text in the morning. Um, so we, we, we're trying something different, uh, we, if you've missed the beginning of the show, we're, we're going to be talking about uh, the rest of the NXT episode, but kind of putting it more under brackets and topics rather than going through bit by bit in numerical order or chronological order. Numerical <laughs> uh, order? I know. I was, the problem is my brain first of all said alphabetical order and uh, then right, yeah, yeah. I corrected to numerical order in order to say something without stuttering. Yeah. Yeah. And I meant chronological yeah. order. Yeah. And here we are. Anyway, so let's talk about the idea that um, it's Worlds Collide this Saturday, if you didn't know. It's the Royal Rumble on Sunday. Worlds Collide has sort of been thrown together in the sort of Royal Rumble access spot. It's been a, it's been a, yeah. a kind of common thing in WWE for a while where people from multiple brands get together and have a go at each other. Basically Survivor Series, <laughs> but for the less important brands. Um, this one's all NXT, NXT UK, and it only feels like the last couple of weeks where it's even really factored into what NXT itself is doing. And that's after Undisputed Era invaded uh, TakeOver Blackpool 2 to, to, to take on Imperium after mm. the Walter Joe Coffee match. It does seem to me that the thing that's been confusing about NXT TV is because of Worlds Collide. Worlds Collide has absolutely been... Mm -hmm the most important thing that's been going on on NXT. But it's TakeOver Portland three weeks from Sunday. So that's... That's like, awkward. With it, yeah, so like it, it, in that same period that we've been build, building to Worlds Collide, we've also been trying to build to TakeOver Portland. And we've been putting matches on that card. We've got Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano already set in stone, uh, which means that when, jo uh, when Finn is talking about Ilya Dragunov, for Worlds Collide, which is a match, is going to be amazing. Um, but last week he was sort of going, you know, Ilya Dragunov, I'm making a point of calling you out. Here he takes on, this week Ilya has a response promo package. Really and, good, by Which the way. is really good. I really loved it. He was saying, like, I'm going to uh, hit you with so many strikes, it feels like the sky is falling, yeah, I'm yeah. invincible, uh, I won't miss, which was uh, built off the Finn, if you come at Finn, yeah. don't miss line. Um, Finn there has a match with uh, Joaquin Wilde, which was squash, if to put it mm. by any other name. It was basically a really vicious stomping beatdown, all the while he's saying Ilya Dragunov, and then he hits the shotgun dropkick, the coup de grace, and the 1916, reiterating his if you come at Finn, don't miss line, which is great. It was a, it was a good way to put Finn over, mm -hmm. and it's a really, like, those two program packages have done quite a lot to build to Worlds Collide in my head, but the story I've been told is that Finn and Johnny have this really big blood feud going on. Yes. and, and that so that, But now we're waiting three weeks to even yeah. talk about it. Like we're waiting another week to talk about yeah. it and three weeks for it to happen. Between 
Champa and Cole mm -hmm. and Finn and Johnny, you had the, basically the, the headlining and co-headlining main events mm -hmm. of TakeOver Portland, plus uh, Rhea... Rhea versus Bianca Belair. Rhea versus Bianca Belair. So we already had... Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a TakeOver. There's only going to be four matches, maybe five. Mm. So, you know, that's all shaping. That was shaping up beautifully. And the feuds had, like you said, intensity... And they were they were had huge importance, and everyone just hit the pause button yeah. and just went well. Well, we'll hold that for a some second. Some guy there. in the UK is yeah. saying some stuff. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Trend Seven's tweeting me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Finn's like my mum just called and yeah. she said Ilya Drugunov. Legitimately, one of the reasons yeah. a match yeah. is happening. <laughs> Trend Seven tweeting. <laughs> uh, so I think that's the problem. Is that there's just been this big handbrake turn, and, we've, and the whole show has ground to a halt. Mm. To make worlds collide feel really big and really important. And the shame of it is, is that it's not. It, well, the shame of it is, is that it does feel that way, but it isn't. Yeah. And it's a weird event that isn't going to get that isn't going to really move much forward. It's going to give NXT UK guys a great rub, which is great. I mean, like the Grizzly Young Vets are obviously getting mm -hmm. a, a, a good run at the minute. Um, but yeah, it's it's. It's not. It it has no function. Mm -hmm. It doesn't do anything other than be very entertaining. And now I'm more than happy to just. I'm gonna. I'm obviously gonna watch it. Yeah. They and NXT has done a great job of making me excited about it. But Johnny, like um, Finn, doing his promo against Johnny, and then whilst he was still sat there, someone gave him an iPad and went. Can you do one about Ilya now? And he went, all right, fine. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm going to get you. So <laughs> and it was just I'm like, coming for you. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, OK. Yeah. You know, so even, so even his, th so it's like difficult to differentiate because like, essentially, the Dragonoff feud has had the same build as the Johnny feud. It's the, so it is um, confusing. And it has been rushed yeah. together. It's the uh, Survivor Series month style build, right? It's that um, we've got this show coming up, so you need to start having something that feels like this. It's the same as... You know, it's the same as we always say on the main roster stuff. It's like when it's Hell in a Cell month, suddenly you have to have a feud that feels like it can only be settled inside a yes. giant cage. Uh, elimination chamber period of time, it feels like six people suddenly have to be vying for one championship or like one opportunity. NXT War Games, suddenly a load of baby faces have to club together to take on probably the Undisputed Era in teams. Yeah. And it, it, it does mean the storytelling gets a bit like unfocused and a bit lazy. And I think that's kind of what played in on a lot of the matches on last night's show specifically, because we also had, so we had Finn Balor squashing Joaquin Wild while talking about Ilya Drogonov, but no mention of Johnny Gargano, who got a promo package for DIY, which was just like, matesy, 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 let's just, we are going to edit out this bit and talk about this bit and this bit of their yeah, sort of timeline. But again, like DIY is not DIY is not something is not something that's actually technically happening on NXT. <laughs> yeah, it's happening for this other thing. Yeah, we also then got uh, we had all the Dusty Classic matches, which I assuming you know the, the the I guess the we said last week that it felt like kind of a foregone conclusion that the finals of the Dusty Classic would be Grizzled Young Vets versus the Broseweights because. Mm. The other two people in the semi-finals were Undisputed Era and Imperium, yeah. who have a match at Worlds Collide. Yeah. And I sort of assumed in that mix that that Dusty Classic Finals match would be made for Worlds Collide, because fortunately enough, the Broserweights are a team from NXT, and Grizzly yes. Young Vets are a team from NXT how UK, about, how about so that, that kind of makes sense. However, they announced that it's for next week's NXT. 
Yeah, which is fine. But then we've so we've also just been having a mini worlds collide for like two yeah. weeks now that doesn't build to worlds collide. <laughs> it just build it to the week <laughs> after. What are we doing? So um, what does that mean for the Grizzled Young Vets then? What does that mean? I don't know. Does that mean they've, they've, they're moving over? I think it's, again, just positioning them as a top tag team yes. in NXT UK. And they are. And the hope that viewers transfer back over. I mean, it's the other thing is it's it's all timing with Worlds Collide and all this stuff as well because WWE's just gone live on BT Sport. BT Sport is giving a huge push to NXT UK. It's got its own... Um, backstage shows about mm -hmm. NXT UK. It's been filming documentaries with a lot of people who are from NXT UK. So like, I feel like they're trying to, the difference they're giving themselves to some, something like Fox or whatever is they're gonna focus more on NXT UK and on the UK scene in general because that's obviously where interest for the viewing public in the UK, they hope, lies. I think probably interest in the, in the viewing public in the UK still just goes, well, I like The Rock, mostly. Yeah, I don't <laughs> you know I think, what I mean. Like it's yeah, I'm not yeah, I'm not convinced that sort of trying to necessarily recreate some sort of international territory system is the thing that's going to drive. Like I, I think, I think the UK public everything's so international now. Mm -hmm. I think any set of fans in any part of the world, generally speaking, apart from perhaps Japan mm -hmm. for obvious reasons and Mexico, most other places have just grown up watching WWE. So if WWE is good and it's on at a reasonable hour, they'll watch that. Mm -hmm. And they'll watch that over anything else. Absolutely. And I think what's going to be more what's more telling about that is in the UK is they're going to start putting those Hulu cutdowns of SmackDown and Raw on a Saturday morning mm -hmm. on Channel 5, Channel 5, which is terrestrial television, which everyone can get for free. Um, well, you got Bartelli, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Um, How long ago were the riots? Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, that will do more to get people watching because yeah. those 90 minute cutdowns, by the way, I don't know if you've ever watched one of them, but they're. What? Nothing, I just had a. Oh, so I thought you were pointing this away. No. Um, but those, like. No. <laughs> God. This is a bad Get game. With it. It's a terrible game to start playing. <laughs> um, but those 90 minute cutdowns make the show look much better than it is. Yeah. Because it's. Half as long, and they, they, get rid of, they get rid of the chat. But this, I think that's the thing: is like this, this sort of this build, obviously being about worlds collide and something else at the same time, just does make everything feel unfocused. I think both matches for the Dusty Classic were brilliant this week. Mm -hmm. The Undisputed Era versus Imperium match, I think, was my favourite of the two. Um, uh, yes. I think it, it made like it. Sorry, not Undisputed Era versus. It wasn't Imperium. Who was it? It was the other guys. What are their names? <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? No, it was, it, Imperium, was no, it was Imperium versus the Broserweights, and it was Undisputed Era versus, versus Grizzled Young, Young Vets. And Grizzled Young, yeah, that was my favourite of the two because that was literally just like tag team fundamentals on display. It was just Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish being a brilliant tag team, and James Drake and Zach Gibson being a brilliant tag team mm -hmm. with quite similar styles, but they've just got their enough differences to make it really work. Yeah. And they both they both have that brilliant ability to just be like, we're just gonna ground this. They both had prolonged uh, cutting the ring in half spots. One with uh, James Drake getting his leg worked over after Kyle O'Reilly caught him in a dragon screw in the ropes. And the other where they just sort of cut off Fish, I think was in the ring mm. for ages and they got, Kyle got a big hot tag and it was, it, it was just this is how you do a tag match. It was like it felt like um, back when it was like revival and DIY. 
mm. and that that sort of feud and the butting heads, and then you know all that that kind of where it's just like this is what true tag team wrestling kind of yeah, feels. Yeah, it's definitely like. more fun about. And I still and I I'm start that match still ended with oh Imperium are in the crow's nest. They've stepped over the pr the prone body of <laughs> William Regal. <laughs> they've stood here in the crow's nest. Yeah, it was. I don't know. I think I think I preferred the Bruiserweights match. Yeah, I just think it had. Uh, so this is Broserweights versus Imperium. Yeah, I think I preferred that. I think I preferred that match. Um, I think it just felt to me, yeah, it was just a bit more exciting. It was a bit the pace of it mm -hmm. when it kind of. I think the the Grizzly Young Vets match was definitely like a more classic build to a match. It, it, its energy kind of lifted slowly throughout and peaked. I felt like the the Bros was kind of started pretty like anxious and then just went just hit a gear yeah. and just kind of went I just I don't know I just thought it was a bit more fun but I mean st I really thought these these been actually probably two of the better matches in the whole thing to be fair mm -hmm. they they both they were both all really, the matches really, all the really matches as matches. per usual I mean this is a thing that needs to be a given with all of these reviews in NXT and until something's genuinely bad yeah assume we think it's good <laughs> well I think that, yeah because it's all good it's just a case it. of how good it's gr it's or, it becomes shades yeah. of grey at, yeah. at a certain point like it's one of those things where it's like I find it really difficult to rate it every week because I'm just like it's just been a four star show consistently mm. and I think I'm like in my head I just save the five star stuff for when it's like truly transcendent like Finn's heel turn episode which is what to be I fair that is to. that to be fair that is what that system is for yeah but then you just you just end up being like every, one out everything, for the five everything, 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 everything is like every single bit is like we hardly knew it's you. a low it's a low four it's a medium four it's a it's a sort of a, a, a medium low four yeah. like you it becomes very hard to rate because it is so consistently good the product mm. and the, so you end up doing weird nitpicking things of like well the thing I didn't like the one thing I didn't like about these two dusty classic matches beyond the fact that they were both brilliant was that. If you're setting up Worlds Collide, Imperium interrupt the Undisputed Era uh, and they cause a distraction which gives the Grizzled Young Vets who were down at that point about to basically lose. They Chasing the Dragon had just happened. It seemed like the pin was sort of a given. Um, they get to hit Ticket to Mayhem off a distraction. They pick up a win and they sneak out before you know, Undisputed Era start calling Imperium down to the ring and that doesn't really, they don't come down at that point. Imperium then come out, so they've not even faced off yet on the show because we're saving that for after Keith Lee gets his big victory, seemingly. Yes. They've not faced off yet. Imperium come out, they have their match, they just lose clean. Yeah. So like, I felt like this, this was definitely the point to, you know, Undisputed Era was saying earlier in the show, Adam Cole went up to Mauro on the commentary desk and slapped the desk and said, we're not scared of Imperium, we know they're here, we're ready for a fight, they just need to bring it. Imperium come out and they don't bring it. Imperium are then out. Why aren't Speed Era was just rocking up and getting involved yeah. in this fight? Like that would have made more sense to me than you're then building to a match where it's Undisputed Era versus Imperium, but you've made the Imperium half of the equation again look a bit weaker. Mm. So Imperium really feels like a faction a lot of the time where it's just Walter's really good and he's got three guys. Whereas yeah. all of Undisputed Era, in the, like by virtue of merely being all four champions, feel like a proper thing. Yeah, I think they've definitely. That's. That, but I suppose that's the issue mm -hmm. with not having them on NXT yet. Considering that the <laughs> only one who isn't an NXT regular really mm -hmm. uh, is Walter. Yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> but he, does make, he, he does feel special. So yeah, he does feel special, and I just think 
it's quite clear that now, really, and I don't know whether this is fair or not, NXT UK is essentially becoming a development territory for NXT, right? I guess so. That's, there's, a, there's a definite back and forth there. Mm -hmm. um, so sometimes you see someone like Imperium who are sort of caught between the two. And something like Worlds Collide is a perfect example where they're sort of the headliners of that in a way. Yeah, it's sort are. of like their show. Well, it's built off the idea that people think Walter's important. People yeah. think Walter and Imperium are like this exactly. really big deal. And, you know, Walter obviously got the, the shine of the main roster a little bit as well. So you have this... He was in that match. He chucked a couple of slaps out he and then got pinned really early and everyone was like, Oh, for God's sake! He's on that thing and he slapped some of the more famous fellas. He did, <laughs> yeah, he did, yeah. <laughs> He's laid hands on some. Yeah, you know, he's touched some really he's, important he's, people. He's touched. He's touched some six figures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I d so, like, they they now sit in this all place where, like, they do sort of sporadically appear in NXT, but they're not on NXT. Mm -hmm. And he's actually, in a way, being held back by the NXT UK title. They need to almost start having him come and defend that yeah. on NXT. You know, almost treat the NXT some of the NXT UK stuff almost like. You used to treat the cruiserweights. Yeah, have them just do a bit more stuff on them on NXT proper because he's he should already be there. Yeah. really. You know, it's just it's more just a travel thing. He doesn't want yeah. to. You know, he doesn't but, want to live there. But also, what happens next to UK? Mm -hmm. You know, they they also need to do. You know, I guess they're also in that slight slightly yeah. difficult place where it's all. So they only get to take over thing. once every six months. Yeah. So it kind of is, yeah. I don't know, you could do so much with it. And I, I think here, like, it just proves both these matches that everyone on it, like the NXT UK top guys are really great. Yeah. And the NXT top guys are really great. But because we're doing this confusing build where I thought, you know, and this, this build would have actually been fine had the Dusty Classic final been at Worlds Collide. Because yeah. we've also now, we've, we've flubbed, we've sort of bodged one finish so we can have Grizzled Young Vets go through. And then we get a really dominant showing from the Broserweights with their wicked sweet tag team moves and Matt Riddle with his weird Bavarian milkmaid hair uh, <laughs> just like winning this match. But that means Imperium are sort of down, like they, you know, just, they've just lost clean. So that doesn't really build Worlds Collide. Then a match that you feel like could have been made for Worlds Collide because you get that brilliant showdown between the Broserweights and Grizzled Young Vets after the match, which I thought was so funny. Mm. The bit where really funny. <laughs> it's like manipulating joint enjoying. manipulation is like, uh, bro, <laughs> I barely understood what you said. <laughs> I just heard joint manipulation and yeah. I wandered off. He's very funny. He's so oh, funny. He's also, I think he might have taken Chad Gable's crown, the sweatiest man. Mm. Who are the, I mean, the sweatiest guys are like Lesnar, Chad Gable. Shame at man. Shame at man. Shame at man is the sweatiest man. Yeah, he is the sweatiest man. Shame at man always looks like the president in uh, or the senator in X Men One, just before he's about to turn oh, into water. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's what Shame at man yeah. looks like. Um, but yeah, here you got this again. This like really brilliant face-off between two teams, and that could have been a match on Worlds Collide. But because obviously that was never the plan, because otherwise, why would you do a Worlds Collide tournament that involved loads of people from NXT UK? Well, if it, if it, sorry, not Wells Guy, Dusty Classic. Why would you do a Dusty Classic that involves so many teams from NXT UK, apart from the fact you don't really have many tag teams left on NXT? Why would you do that when you are building to Worlds Collide as well, unless the final's going to be at Worlds Collide? Well, it's because they've accidentally booked Worlds Collide slightly too strong. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you want to get over some guys from NXT UK, a really great way of doing that is by having them appear on semi-pay-per-views that don't really matter mm -hmm. but get but get wins 
So they're a perfect candidate, like Grizzly Jung Vets are a perfect candidate to win something like the Dusty Classic and but but lose the title match. Yeah. That's a per that gets them lots of exposure, they have some great matches. That's the perfect that's a perfect avenue to do well, something so, like that. So what what title match? Well, <laughs> exactly. This is, I'm in a in a Bad job for Regal. In a crazy world, pending. In a crazy world that people would compete in a competition that actually had a prize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is my madness. You know, it's madness. Madness. So let's say that that's perfect for that. But what's happened is they've accidentally booked it so strong that now they can't really have anyone yeah. of any significance lose. So now it doesn't really do. So now. It doesn't really do anything for anyone. It doesn't no. really put over any anyone from the NXT UK, and it distracts from the bigger guys from NXT from their main feuds. I think it's just so it, so it's, 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 it folds in on itself the whole time, and yeah. that's a shame. And I think that that kind of folding in also played into the Io Shirai versus Tony Storm match because Tony Storm showed up last week on NXT to get in Rhea Ripley's face and say. I'm really proud of you. I'm glad you won the title. But do you remember when I beat you? And this was the build to their match at Worlds Collide for the NXT Women's Championship. Um, however, that sort of brought everyone else out f for the sort of classic. Yeah. But I want to be the champion running. And this is exactly what happened at the end of her match with Io Shirai, which was a fun little match. I didn't think it was like wall-to-wall -wall amazing, but it had like they had good chemistry. I'd like to see a yeah. longer pay-per-view version of that match. But basically, uh, Tony Storm catches a tiger faint kick from Io, drop kicks her off the apron. She goes for a running dive, and as she runs out for the dive, she gets caught by Bianca Belair, who is actually the proper number one contender for the NXT Women's so Championship. This is <laughs> but, uh, but she'll be having her match yes. at TakeOver Portland in three weeks' time. So, like, How it's kind of weird to beat up Tony Storm here, because I feel like... I don't know. I've, I'd sort of... In much, I'd, like, the, the, what's, the, what's the point of that story? Because it's like... Belair is beating up, coming in and beating up the sort of number one contender for this belt. But it's like, but if you think she's weaker than Rhea, but she might win, why don't you let her win it and then you can well, win it off her? Okay. You, your, your title shot is guaranteed. But, but here's the thing, and I know, obviously, wrestling's wrestling, whatever, but generally speaking, yeah. when you're the number one contender, you get the next title match. Now that isn't happening now. No, and that's that's kind of silly. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and the stupid thing is as well because actually Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm are from a much closer part of the world to each other than Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair because they're both Australian. So like they don't really they uh, they kind of feels like they don't really have allegiance like allegiance in this because. I know they're saying Tony Storm is kind of the NXT represent NXT UK representative in here, and Rhea Ripley is the NXT champion over this side. Like, but I feel like Tony Storm, her, she's only really just been back in NXT UK for a little bit to build to the Blackpool match, um, but she's also been quite heavily featured on NXT proper. So I don't feel like she's quite the sort of bastion of NXT UK ness that they're making her out to be. No. And weirdly, Bianca Belair versus Rhea Ripley would feel more worlds collide Because Rhea Ripley's only been in NXT for a little bit. But she was the inaugural NXT UK Women's Champion. So I don't know, like it's, it's, it's yeah. again these sort of like random divisions that you just slash into things yeah. to be like. But again, like, it, and it, here it was a fun section because Bianca Belair runs out, Rhea Ripley comes out. Io Shirai gets back involved. She springboard drop kicks everyone. She springboard she Asai moonsaults into the whole pile. 
But then as she sort of gets up from that, Tony Storm finally hits her suicide dive and knocks her down, getting back in the ring, picking up the NXT women, uh, Women's Championship and posing with it in the center of the ring. What I liked about this was this sort of turned the crowd completely because before the crowd were very much on the side of um, like Tony when she came out. They were like, oh my God, Tony Storm's here, Tony Storm, we love Tony Storm, she's amazing. And then as soon as she picked up the belt, people were like, she's not being real. Yeah, 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 yeah. And started like booing and stuff. It's like <laughs> people got really like, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa. That's, this is, you're taking liberties, young lady. Um, I re- something I, is, uh, else that I think is worth noting about this segment is, uh, is, uh, is that also, yeah, is Io Shirai mm. is. So over. Is, she's awesome. Mm-hmm. And also, Similar to um, a lot, a, a big, th- a big thing that's made I think a lot of the NXT women so good and so popular as well, is that she can work with anyone, and she can work in loads of different styles and still bring her same personality, her same moveset. Mm-hmm. I think she's just, she's, I just think she's, she is absolutely amazing, mm-hmm. and is and is doing, has done so much <laughs> to hoist other contenders yeah, yeah. up into the air just by being really good by remaining legitimate and remaining mm-hmm. dangerous and remaining really cool uh you know and does it help that she's got a cool look and a cool entrance and Wicked cool moves and yeah. like, yes of course it does she's a wrestler but overall she's shown such flexibility in who she works with and how she works with them you know mm-hmm. she's really bounced around work with all kinds of people in very quick succession I just think it's a testament to how good she is, really. And I think, I think, perhaps maybe not just in my eyes, but in a way, could be seen as a, a more legitimate contender than even Bianca Belair. Yeah. Uh, I think I think Bianca Belair is kind of getting a bit hot shot here. I think I think they're building. I think they're actually building to a fatal four way or triple threat at Portland. And I think so. Th- oh, I think okay. this section said to me like, obviously, all four of these women are involved in this title feud. I don't know whether Tony Storm taking the loss to Rhea Ripley at Worlds Collide, which I think is probably going to happen, means that Tony Storm moves out of that picture and they just hope that Tony Storm fans go back to NXT UK and to start watching that. But it really felt like to me, Bianca Belair, Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley, triple threat is the the move for Portland. Yeah, and let's also not have Bianca Belair you know, just take another, just take another hour. Yeah. yeah, I think that's really important because uh, Bianca Belair as well is exceptional. Yeah, um, I think Bianca Belair and Io Shirai are, are very special uh, competitors who mm. sit in that, like you said, that category of like they make other people look good, but at some point that's going to have to pay off for someone, someone, yeah, that them two in in a certain way. Um, speaking of people who can make people look good, though, let's move on to Shayna Baszler who had a match with Shotzi Blackheart here, and this was a grudge match about. The fact that Shotzi Blackheart, who we did the whole, oh, you forgot she wasn't eliminated from the Battle Royal spot. And so she runs in and tips Baszler out, get, catching the ire of Shayna, obviously, who says that uh, Shotzi Blackheart thought she made a statement last week when she eliminated me from the Battle Royal, but actually she just shortened her career before yeah, it even began. Great. Which I thought was that's such a good line. Baszler's got an amazing promo. But again, this was another one of Baszler's brilliant, like, I'm going in here with all the swagger and confidence of a legitimate fighter and a two-time women's champion here and I'm going to get surprised by the newcomer like the match the match begins and Baze is doing all of her like mat technical stuff and she's patting Shotzi on the head and Shotzi's sort of firing up and then suddenly Shotzi's hitting 
crazy running knees in the corner into a DDT and a sliced bread number two on the apron <laughs> yeah, and yeah. that weird inverted cannonball thing. It was like she just suddenly, again, like whenever Basil does this brilliant job of when she's in control, she is a like she tears you apart piece by piece. But when somebody's a bit wild and difficult to control, like this was the same thing in the Nikki Cross feud. Like she, she's very good at being like, oh, I'm a bit out of my comfort zone here because I'm not, I'm not in charge of this. And she's obviously then very good at, like she always reins it back. Mm. But she's very good at going, well, you know, your sort of wildness and uh, unpredictability actually makes it quite hard for me to do what I do normally. Yeah, yeah. And that puts over the other person really well. And I think this match did a brilliant job of putting over Shotzi Blackheart. Yeah, really good. Even in the last, like, I mean, the, the, the big senton that you missed from the top was probably the glaring, the glaring mistake. Uh, but, like, it, it was a really good, it was a really good little match. Shotzi held on for as long as she could in the Kirifuda clutch before having to tap. And then yeah. Baszler did the classic heel thing of holding it until she passed out. I loved it. I, I think everything yeah. Baszler touches is magic. Yes, I it's amazing. I think Shotzi Blackheart uh, could be the big underdog babyface that the women's division has been looking for when it's not been, it's not really been Candice LeRae yet. It's not. You yeah. know, I think she she could fill that sort of like, if Johnny Gargano is rebel heart and got a bit of punk rock stylings to him, she's even more so that. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I think <coughs> like so to uh, me. Just another, another thing, just in the in that finish. Something that I think is amazing about Shayna is obviously she's legitimate anyway. Mm -hmm. But you look at something like like the end of uh, Raw this week. Uh, was it? Oh, I can't remember the end or not. But um, when um, Asuka has Becky in the whatever she called the sort Asuka of the Asuka log chicken wing. But it's a chicken wing, right? And but because she just does the hold the arm and sort of do that, it doesn't really look like much. When Shayna's got the Kurafuda clutch in. She's got it under the chin, like locked. Like that is, she's. If all she did was squeeze a bit, she would legitimately choke her out. Yeah. And I think there needs to be a bit more of that. I think with these, some of these yeah. like choke submissions. And Shotzi and sold the passing out bit really, really well. well. She, really, she, she really good selling. She really like. But like, I just think the way Shayna does it as well just looks so legitimate. Not not just because it looks legitimate, because it is legitimate. Yeah. And uh, I think so. This this whole match said to me that Shotzi's on track for a big sort of underdog baby baby face push. Uh, apparently on um, backstage afterwards, they did a bit where Diona Perazzo uh, clocks her, so that seems to be setting up yeah. that match, which I think Shotzi would win. I think I'd give Shotzi the win over yeah. Diona and then be like, this is her first win on NXT, and then you can build from there. Shayna is much more interesting, though, because she wins here, obviously. Before the match, she says to Kathy Kelly, I'm not going anywhere. No, 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 no way. Um, and then she says, I'm not going to stop until I'm Shayna three times. Yeah, so, I love that line. And, and are we, so are we then getting a Shayna Baszler who's sticking around in NXT, or is this all of a big swerve from the Royal Rumble, where Shayna Baszler's gonna make her appearance, <clears throat> make an impact, win the whole thing, potentially? I think, I think Shayna is the perfect candidate mm -hmm. to just go to the main roster win the Rumble, and yeah. just have a big title match at Mania. Because one of the other things I will say about this match as well, and I know it's, I know it was positioned as a callback to last week, but last week, the match was a battle royal, which has the same gimmick as the Rumble. You tip people out of the ring. Baszler eliminated the most people in that match by tipping them all out of the ring. She gets tipped out by Shotzi. Here, Shotzi tips her out early. There's a bit where Baszler swings for her misses, and Shotzi does a low bridge, and she rolls out of the ring. 
But then right away, Baszler tips her out mm. over the top rope. And, you know, it's Rumble week. We've got people going over the top rope. We had the same thing last week of, like, Shayna Baszler eliminating loads of women over the top rope. She's got priors. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Now, when Liv Morgan wins the Rumble, we'll talk about it next yeah. week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back to yeah. it. Yeah. But I, I just think she's the perfect candidate to just... to. I mm -hmm. think she actually is... She's just ready to go main roster. Now. Whatever we call main roster now, I don't care. What I think when I, I think we need to sort of redefine that now because yeah. they're all on TV. I think what I mean is uh, she, the higher viewership shows, higher viewership, but uh, and get some main roster money. Yeah, I've earned, she's earned. She's earned the paycheck, or she's earned the paycheck. She should be getting the, the main bracket. Roster. I think yeah, the bracket she's meant to be in is she's meant to be the top women's champion. She's meant to be in the picture of the top women's championship within WWE, and I don't like that's probably not that's. At the moment, it's the Raw one because Becky's got it, but it probably should be the SmackDown one, I guess. Like, depending on like if the, that's where the viewership is and that's where the money is. Like, it doesn't it doesn't really matter. It's kind of much of a muchness. But like, one of those two belts should be that's the picture, the title picture that I think Baszler should be in and should fit in. And then the Royal Rumble, obviously, winning that gives you a guaranteed title shot at Mania. So, and I don't think that includes NXT. <laughs> as far as we know, no, that would be the ultimate swear. If she wins the rumble, points at the side, and she goes, "Well, I just want my old belt back." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I think it, it's just a, such an interesting area to be. And I feel like this, there was a bit. That I think, you know, the the kind of speculative person in me is like, "Well, there's just so much foreshadowing," and I feel like you wouldn't have her win at Survivor Series if she wasn't going to make a big impact in the rumble. You want, a, you want something. You know, the women's division on the main roster, like has been kind of lacking direction since Ronda's been gone. So you need somebody who feels like a legitimate contender and mm. a legitimate threat, especially to Becky, who's been put over so strong against everyone else. Baszler is that woman. But uh, Yeah, I think Baszler is the perfect foil for mm -hmm. Becky. Perfect. I just think they could... Oh, I just... I, just, I, I really... I would get... I'd be, I'm so excited at the prospect of those two possibly having a few. I just think... Not only it's it's not that it's not only that someone like Shayna, well, not only that someone like Shayna is exactly the kind of person they should be giving this sort of run to, but I think Becky needs it too. Mm -hmm. uh, Becky is crying out for a serious, legitimate, fresh villain. Villain, and the problem and is a and a long-term feud. I think. Yeah. Like, I think the thing Becky's lacking in her kind of role as champion is. She's not had anyone who just feels like yeah. that's her bitter enemy. Now, is that WWE's fault? Yes, because that was Asuka, and yeah. they cocked it up. <laughs> and the reason they, so the reason you need Shane to come up is because, unfortunately, they need to constantly bring up new people mm -hmm. because they're not capable of doing anything with anyone. Yeah. So the only chance you get is the first chance. As Eminem says, <laughs> you only get one shot, do not miss yeah. a chance to blow. And that, but that seems to be the way. Yeah. That seems to be the way with all of the people who have come through de developmental. If on day one you aren't pulling Brock Lesnar's head off, you're <laughs> dead in the water. <laughs> yeah, you're dead in the water. Yeah. And I think, the, and that leads to, well, now the only thing you can do is just keep filing them in yeah. <laughs> until <laughs> one of them hits gold. Like. Know, but then, you, but then you, you look at the NXT model and you look at Shotzi Blackheart and you look at someone who's coming off. Uh, like limited time and impact and like making a fairly good name for herself on the indie scene but she's not like a massive name really and then she runs in feels like a very fresh character compared to a lot of the people in NXT and then just has 
a very good match with Bianca Belair, but takes the loss. Has a good moment in a battle royal, but doesn't win. And has a good match against Shayna Baszler, but takes the loss. And I feel like she's now like in the top picture of women on NXT. Yeah, like that—that that was enough build for me as a fan. Yeah. I don't—I don't need to see people. Like, the, not every debut has to be Kevin Owens versus John Cena. No, like you can do it other ways. Yeah, and <laughs> well, NXT's got a controversial system which is they build legitimacy through a steady series of wins on television. It's, it's madness, <laughs> it'll never work. It's, you know, or some very strong losing efforts against really top people. <laughs> yeah. But they don't, they don't keep you hanging around losing for long. No, no. Like, so Austin Theory's already on the train of like, his yeah. picked up wins Shot, now. He's Shotzi's had this up. bit. She will win again next. Straight away I she's going to start Grasso, winning. I think that's going to be the thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. She will immediately start winning now. Like, that's how they do it. Like, it's... Mm. it's we she say it all the, the time. We say it all the time. Building a champion isn't, or a contender, isn't that hard. No. You just have to be willing to let someone lose every now and again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's how it works. And and WWE is constantly locked in that, oh, they can't lose. Well, Raw on SmackDown is just trying to build superheroes. Like, Raw on SmackDown, I feel they just try and build superheroes and villains. So that means that, like, if you're being the villain, you're a monster and no one can beat you. If you're being a hero, you're unstoppable and no one yeah. can beat you. And then that, that problem is, those things don't gel. Yeah. So you just end up with either you're amazing and everyone pings off you, or you're so bad that no one can beat you. Yeah. And it, it, you just end up with these huge long winning streaks. It's a bit of a conundrum. How do you solve it? I don't know. Try harder, it's probably the answer. Let's go through Super Chats before we get out of here. Uh, the last few that we've had. Let me just refresh my iPad. Other tablets are available. Kevin says, uh, DIY versus Moustache Mountain is on this show and I couldn't care less. It feels like a crown jewel show without controversy and with better wrestling, obviously. Yeah, it does. That, that's, that's how I would describe it. They are NXT's Saudi Arabia. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it, yeah, it's got a bunch of dream matches on it, but it ha they haven't made any real effort on the, the live product that people watch week in and week out who are fans of all of these people to make it feel important. Like like you said, that, that match between DIY and Moustache Mountain, one has cut across everything that Tom uh, Champa and Johnny Gargano were doing, which was having a blood feud with Finn Balor and really desperately trying to get his life back. But they're just like, DIY, one last time. Yeah, yeah, why not? And then, and because a tweet was sent from Trent Severn, who didn't send the tweet because I was at the <laughs> I was at the same place he was at. Um, but like, yeah, I, I think it, they have just, ruined the build for yeah. Portland to some degree. Like, well, they've halted the build. I'm sure we'll, we'll get three weeks of good build from here. But like, when you're on a TV show, maybe the build could be a bit longer. Like, it, feel, yeah. it feels more important <clears throat> to do it live. WWE has TV. found this, this difficulty with, they've created these canonically adjacent events, mm. uh, but then had tried to build them like their pay-per-views, and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So, it's not, uh, it's not that they're not important, it's that by definition, they can't be important. So how do, you, so how do they book that? You know, yeah. that's the problem. I think just, just don't mention it. Just say these matches are happening, don't have the people be leave, bothered by uh, it. Yeah, uh, it, well, yeah, Le leave them as they were. Mm -hmm. <laughs> don't suddenly start booking Finn Balor in the middle of his main feud. Mm. Like, that's how, you, that's how you don't cock it up. <laughs> Duff's 101 uh, super chats in and says that Worlds Collide, NXT UK side, only has three wrestlers 
actually from the UK. Including Pete Dunne? Can you net? Oh, yeah, I guess so, actually. Oh, so does he mean from the UK I think brand? on the NXT UK side, yeah. From the, so on the, on the oh, UK okay. side of things, actually, there's actually only three competitors from the UK competing. Walter? Do you know who they are? <laughs> no. Kaylee Ray, Tyler Bate, Trent Seven. Is that it? Because it's Devlin and Travis Banks. Oh, of course, because because they've moved. Oh yeah, because we yeah. literally said because they've moved the the uh, Dusty Classic isn't even normal. Yeah, yeah. So they've moved and it's oh, uh, God, yeah. Devlin and Banks for the cruiserweight title. Uh, Tony Storm for the women's title. Imperium are obviously all from mainland Europe. Uh, yeah. Is there anyone else? I can't think of anyone. There'll be a bunch. Yeah. Like, there's a bunch of other random matches. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Also, like I think Kaylee Ray's taking on Mia Yim on the pre-show. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot of fun, is it? Uh, Spotty Dimes also just uh, leaves a super chat with no message. So thank you very much. <laughs> so which match from Worlds of Light are you most excited for? Um. So you've got Imperium versus Undisputed. It's, Era. D- it's the DIY. DIY moustache yeah. mountain. That, that's the one I'm most excited about. I think, yeah, I think because that feels like, as much as I think Imperium versus Undisputed Era is going to be cool, I really just want to see Adam Cole versus Walter. That's the match I want to see, actually. Like, Yeah, and also, there's... A Mustache Mountain match isn't something I get to see very often. Yeah. And I'm, I've never been disappointed in all the years that I've seen them. Mm-hmm. Um both live and on TV, and I'm just excited to watch them wrestle. It's really simple. Yeah, so I think if you could... So I'm actually not that excited about it being DIY. I'm more excited about how they'll mesh with okay, so Moustache Mountain. Okay, let's, let's say, so let's say Moustache Mountain are the pick from NXT UK, and now we have to pick someone from NXT, a team from Raw and a team from SmackDown, to have a four, like a four corners tag match. Mm. Who would you go for? I think Revival, Revival are on SmackDown at the moment, aren't they? Yeah. So I'd, I'd pick Revival from SmackDown. Maybe the Profits from Raw? I think I'd probably still go Viking Raiders. Yeah. Um, you could go Buddy Murphy and Seth, Seth Rollins. Rollins yeah. I think I'd go Viking Raiders still. I really like the Raiders. I think they're amazing. I just think they're awesome. And then who would you take from NXT? Tag-wise? Mm-hmm. That is tricky, isn't it? Their tag division is thin on the ground. Yeah. Probably. <sighs> probably undisputed era. Yeah. Probably. They, or maybe, maybe now you'd even go the Broserweights. Kushida, Alex Shelley. Are they? Is that official? Yeah. Seemingly. Uh, Obviously, they won't be around for a few weeks. But yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Um, Not forgotten sons, can't tempt you. Can't little bit of Jackson hey, Riker. No, no. See, no, I, I, I'll defend forgotten sons. I, I think they're great. I, I actually think, think they're good. good, and I think they've been ham- they've been hamstrung by the fact that they are the only tag team that NXT has that doesn't really have anything to do, so it can take a loss. And that's that's yes. it's literally it's a numbers game. Like if you don't have any jobber tag teams, like they had those guys who were wearing the sort of fleur de lis. Yeah. Design for a bit. I can't remember what they were called. Uh, they're like cheap edge and Christian. Yeah. Oh. Um, um, oh God. Say the one that looks like Charlotte Buff but massive. <laughs> yeah, I think so. What's his name? Because he's in the brand. He's in the Robert Stone brand, isn't he? Is it? Oh. No, no, no. That's um. 
Riddick Moss. Oh, is it not that? No, no, they were they. So the, he was with um, the really Tito Sabatelli. That's it. Tino yeah, Sabatelli. Tito Sabatelli. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think Sabatelli's injured. But they're in. What's their team called? The Outliers. But they've yeah. been in NXT UK, and it's him and uh, what's his name? I can't remember his name. Damn it! I knew this last week. God, when you get older, stuff just goes out of your brain, <laughs> doesn't it? It's just like I can't. I can't remember. Anything. Um, yeah, who, what was the team that had the white shirts? I remember them now. I don't remember what they were called. They were just no. like, yeah, knock-off Edge and Christian. Yeah, knock-off Edge and Christian. Uh, yeah, it's weird how thin on the ground NXT is tag team. Edge and Church of Latter-day Saints. Yeah, um, yeah the Forgotten Sons, of the, I think they were, they, were, they were hamstrung by... They were hamstrung by the sort of heavy weight of mm. uh, looking like the kind of team that is there just to put over Jackson Riker. And Jackson Ryker at the time looked exactly like the kind of wrestler that the NXT crowd just didn't want anything to do with. Yeah. And actually, Blake and um, Cutler. Cutler are a really, really effective tag team. Yeah, and they've got a lot better. Like since they were mixing, like when they first appeared, I don't think they were they were quite gelling. And then they obviously spent, I think they spent a lot of time training, a lot of time thinking about it, a lot of time coming up with stuff to do together and like tag team moves and they became a lot slicker and a lot smoother. Their runs against like Street Profits and stuff was really good. Yeah. I think they, they became a really well-oiled like machine. They were a great team. And like, th I think the thing that they've never really done is both, they, they've just put them with Jackson Riker to be like, well, he looks like a biker, so he can go in the biker gang gang. But they never just went, well, he is the difference maker. He is actually the difference maker. So let him make a difference. Yeah. So they can do stuff and pick up some wins and be in the title picture and have these amazing matches. Because I think they definitely could. Mm. The, the ladder match with uh, Street Profits in it was brilliant. Yeah. That was all them. Like, I, I think they've just been viewed as the weak link by uh, NXT <coughs> management, NXT's audience, whatever it is. And I think they deserve a lot more from it. Mm. Um, well, tag teams there for you. Yeah. That's pretty much all we've got time for on the podcast anyway. So uh, I've been Laurie, that's been Simon. Bye. See you later. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. 
so he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.